Psalm 27 from verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though one host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, and in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock, and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And you know you can see there's the psalmist's train of thought as he considers those that are against him, as he considers the fears that he holds in his mind or in his heart, but as he encourages himself in the Lord, and he finishes the psalm beautifully, wait, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. I say, wait on the Lord. You know, fear is rampant in society today. Fear of war, fear of eco, what's going to happen, uh, fear of the economy, fear of a government that we seem to have or don't seem to have. And so people's hearts today are fearful. And as Christians, we can be maybe fearful sometimes is too strong a word, but concerned because we see the, the gains that the world are, are making. We see how they're infiltrating our schools, our universities, how Christianity is being pushed back further and further from society, and people can be concerned. But the truth is, at one stage in our lives, every one of us in some way have been gripped by fear. Maybe fear for someone we love. Maybe fear for an illness that we have been told we have taken or someone else has taken that we know. Maybe fearful for the situation we are in in life, whether it be employment, relationship, or any other thing. We're fearful for our children, fearful for our children's children. Just at a funeral, I met an old colleague, and his tell me his son and daughters in England. And I asked him, had they brought along, he was asking me my grandchildren. I said, any grandchildren? And he said, who would want to bring children into this world? 
And you know, there are many people, because of that fear, are, doing, are thinking about, you know, why would I bring a child into this world? But you know something? It is possible for every one of us, the children of God, to be delivered from our fears. Because when we stop looking at that box in the living room or social media or listening to Mr. and Mrs. Negative and we start looking to the Lord, then our fears can be relieved and we can be delivered. The psalmist said in Psalm 34 and 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and what? Delivered me from all my fears. Because when you seek the Lord, things get put back into perspective. Sorry. The psalmist also said, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. He also said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing and the kings of the earth take counsel against the Lord and his anointed saying, let's cut their bands from us so that we know that's all going on. But God is in control. And when we seek him, we'll be delivered from all our fears. We're not immune from fears, folks. We're human. When someone tells you, especially you have a, a possibility of a, an, an illness, our mind just runs away, doesn't it? When we're ill and we're waiting in the, these test results and things, I mean, that, that's normal. It's nothing to feel bad about. It's normal. We're not immune from fear. We get, we're not immune from getting anxious about things. There's things I'm anxious about. We get sorrowful, we worry, we get depressed, we feel threatened. And you know, one of our biggest enemies, which will certainly take away our peace and our joy, is fear and allowing it to control our lives. But you know something? It's not God's will that his people should be fearful or should be living in fear. Psalm, I quote very often, Psalm 27 and 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And you can read all through the word of God. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you'll be able to correct me. No word does God say, be afraid, unless obviously it's in relation to his judgment. But it tells us, fear not. It tells us, be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid. Very positive statements from the Lord. And you know, I can tell you, fear not. I can tell you, be strong and of good courage. I can tell you, don't be afraid, but there's very little I can do. I'm finite like you. But when God, who is infinite, tells us, don't be afraid, then we shouldn't be afraid. When God tells us to be strong and of good courage, we should have good courage. And he tells us to fear not, we should fear not. Certainly there is a fear which is lacking in society today. And it's good for us all to have, and that is the fear of the Lord. But that is done out of love and respect. And you know, there are many fears that men have, and they can't be mentioned in details, obviously. But again, just as I started, I was thinking of Matthew 21, 26. Men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Just like my old colleague thinking of the disasters that are going to happen with the weather and the wars and famine and economy. and So their hearts are failing them for fear and they're, as it were, static and not wanting to go anywhere. So this is a general fear for all mankind today. But there are other fears that we've looked at 
fears from our past, our present, and our future. And these are the kinds of fears that beset us as Christians when we allow them. One of them is fear of failure. You know, every one of us who's, who has set a goal for ourselves in life or has an ambition maybe to succeed, we have in the back of our minds the fear of failure. And if we're genuine in, a, in our words this morning, we can all admit that, when, especially if we're going to do something for the Lord or, or want to do something for the church, and, uh, and we say, look, this is God's will for me. Well, there's a fear in the back of our mind for failure. Because as we seek to serve God, we, we can be handicapped by this fear. We don't want the world to think that God has let us down. Many times I've heard people say, well, the Lord told me to do this, and it turned out the Lord didn't tell them to do that. But they see as if God, they don't want people to think God has let me down. Then they don't want to think, well, I've let God down. You know, a, a young boy came to me. He'd been prophesied over three or four times. And the prophecies just weren't coming through. But I told him prophecies don't come through overnight. Wait on the Lord and you will see. But he felt that he was failing God. He felt that he wasn't hearing from God. I can personally testify to that myself when I was helping out in Lorna way back in 94, I think. Or I went down to help out and people were coming to me and said, the Lord told me you're the man for Lorna. You know the thing, the Lord never told me that, folks. I am where the Lord told me I would be. And I began to think, I'm not hearing the Lord. And there was this fear in my heart then to go any further forward. We think we're letting God down. We think we're being seen as someone who has failed God because we didn't fulfill what we said we'd fulfill. But you know something? There's a, 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 a book called Foster's Law. I think it's a poem as well. And he says, the only people who find what they are looking for in life are the fault finders. We shouldn't worry about what people think if we are in God's will. You'll never change the fault finders' minds. Only God can do that. Don't worry about them because they're happy. Reverend William McRae wrote a song about them. They grumble on a Monday, grumble on a Tuesday, grumble on a Wednesday too. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the whole week through. So you and I aren't going to change them. And if you're in God's will, don't let that hold you back. If you feel that it's not going as God told you it would go, it's not going as you feel you should be going, think of what Thomas, Thomas Addison said. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Think about that, church. How close you are to the blessings of God. We're seeking a Holy Spirit revival. We've been praying for a revival from I joined this church in November 1981. And we've had times of revival and restoration. But when the beside to say, well, let's stop praying for it, because we're so close, it's there. Let us not do what Mr. Addison tells us and stop not realizing how close we are to success. The actor Mickey Rooney said, you will pass failure on the way to success. So don't fear failure, folks. Move on in God. Move on in God. Don't let fear of not doing it right, not saying it right, not coming out the way you would exactly want it to come out, 
Don't let that make you a static Christian. Move on. God is in control and he will see you through. With that, there comes a fear of responsibility. You know, when our ambitions come to fulfillment, we kind of fear, can I keep this up? Can I keep this up? Am I able to do this? Do I have all the necessary attributes? I remember reading a book Pastor Connolly gave me about a, a pastor. He was in a church and he felt that they needed to go in a particular direction. And the whole of the oversight, many of the congregation went, no, 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 not, it's not of God. So he felt it was of God and he went ahead. And his church was packed beyond capacity. They had to have three services on a Sunday morning to facilitate the people to come in. But his fear was, can I keep this up? Can I keep this up? Am I able to maintain this growth which God has blessed me with? Do I have all the necessary attributes? And there was that sign of fear of failure. He had done so much because he had stepped out in true faith. Men that he had worked with for years, whom he had loved and they loved him. They didn't agree with him, but he went on. And God's blessing proved in his life. And yet here he is now thinking, am I able to, afraid of failure? If I fail here, they'll all say, we told you so. Or God <coughs> didn't call you. That, that fear which cripples us. But the truth is, God brought us where we are, and he will not allow anything to overtake you when you trust in him and not man. Trust in the Lord thy God and not man. We have the fear of danger and harm. <clears throat> And this comes in many forms. There's the natural ones. We spoke about the fear of flying. Some people are afraid to get on a boat. And it's all different, different fears, natural fears that we have. Some of them are rational, some of them are irrational. The first time I went to Kenya, uh, I was speaking at a, a conference, uh, a pastor's conference, and he was telling them when I went into my room at night, I checked under the bed for snakes. And they were all laughing at me. <laughs> to them, it was an irrational fear. To me, it wasn't. I wasn't going to go to sleep. I made sure there was nothing in my room. I remember being in India. I was having a shower before I was being driven to the airport. And this insect came into the shower. Insect, it was the size of a bird it framed a life clean out of me. So I went to the sink and I stood the old, <laughs> had the Belfast wash. You know? So some fears are rational for us, aren't they? But what's reasonable, we think, in our eyes may not be rational. So that's why we need to look to God. This is why we need, especially when we feel we're in danger or we're in harm, we need to know that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and he'll be with you and he will see you through. There's fear of the future. Do you know some people fear getting old? I knew one individual, I knew him well. He trained in the weightlifting club I went to. And even in his early 50s, I mean, this man was beset with fear of getting old. He just terrified of getting old. 
afraid of when he gets old, he'll catch dementia, or when he gets old, he'll not be as fit as he was. And I mean, this is a man who trained all his life. So some people have a fear of getting old. We have a fear of, will my pension be enough to live on? Not of the government, if any saying it. <laughs> will I become dependent on others? That's a concern I would say many people want. I'm sure like me, I don't want me to become dependent on my daughters. I would hate to think they would have to nurse me. I'm grumpy enough as it is without nursing me. What will happen when the children leave? Some people fear that there. What will happen when the children leave? Will the wife still be able to put up with the husband? There's no kids about the house. What will my children's future be? Someone once said to me, would you retire early, Alan? And I says, I'm not allowed to retire early. If I retired early, Jim would kill me. <laughs> Couldn't stick me in the house 24-7. So we have fear of our future. Again, that falls into fear of illness, both mental and physical. Many people today are beset by this fear, as I've said. Some people who have had sick relatives fear that they will inherit this illness. And there are illnesses inherited. If you have heart trouble in your family, the doctors will keep an eye on you. Thankfully, medicine now has changed a lot of that, and they can keep their eye on us. So there's this fear of both mental and physical illness, something disabilitating, something terminal. But this leads us to what I would say is man's ultimate fear, and that's fear of death. It tells us, excuse me, it tells us in Hebrews 2.15. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That's profound. Living your life worrying about dying. You know, the greatest atheist and the biggest cynic today can say whatever they want. The truth is, all men fear death. And we can say as Christians we don't fear death because we know it's but the twinkling of an eye for us. But the truth is none of us want to, to go through it. Truth is all men fear death, no matter what their philosophy, their ideology is in life. When it comes to that time, who knows what they, their relationship would be with the Lord. I remember Pastor Connolly talking to my father when my mother died and I didn't think my father would have asked a question because he had no interest in Christianity and he asked, what about my mother? And Pastor Connolly said, you never know anyone's last minutes with God. And that's so true. That's so, so true. So we, we see these fears. But these fears, we need to see what they can do to us and then it would make us more determined to overcome our fears. It can make us unhappy. And if its effects aren't dealt with, they can be destructive in our lives. Because fear undermines health. Undermines health. This is a medical fact. When fear grips us, our emotions are tense and uneasy. What about Job? We all admire Job, but listen to what Job said. Fear came upon me. And trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair of my flesh 
stood up. This is a man whom we admire how he went through his illness, but the truth at times he was afraid. And you know, many people today are ill, and the reason they are ill is fear and anxiety, but they don't need to feel this way. Medically been proven that fear breaks down the nervous system and affects bodily functions. Through our fears, we can lose our appetites and not eat. It can thoroughly disrupt the digestive system. It can plague us with rheumatism, sciatica, nervous tension, and many other complaints. And if someone has rheumatism, someone has fibromyalgia, things like this here, which affect the nervous system and your bones and stuff, fear and anxiety can cause them to get worse, can bring them on because your body tenses up. That there's, as we've looked at before, is what's called a psychosomatic reaction. Did you know that fear can blemish your complexion? Believe it or not, this has been scientifically proven. Untreated fear can cause blotches in the skin, cause your eyes to sink, and give you nervous rashes. So it can affect us in our body. It can affect us in our will. It paralyzes the will, as we've said, if we're gripped by fear. Our willpower is diminished. We fear to go forward and take the next step. Even sometimes we fear to step backwards. It can rob us of sleep. I'm sure every one of us have experienced this. There's things in our lives which have kept us awake at night. It's horrible. Lying looking at the ceiling at 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. And it's funny how the clock always slows down when you can't sleep. You look at the clock, it's 3 o'clock. You think you're lying there for an hour and you look at the clock and it's five past three. It can rob us of sleep. It can cloud our mind because we cannot think straight. We are vulnerable and vulnerable, vulnerability leads to irrational thinking and vulnerability leads to irrational decisions which we will regret later. And that's why it's always Something we should note that when we're fearful, when there's something going on in our lives, we need to stop, just step back. Don't make any major decisions and try and think things through. Fear can make us spiritual failures because when fear comes in, joy goes out the window. We do lose our peace, we lose our power, and the light of our testimony goes through. But you know something? It doesn't have to be like that. because there's always hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to settle it once and for all that is the will of God for my life to be free from my fears. Amen. It is the will of God for my life that I am to be free from my fears. Be absolutely sure about this. Tell yourself this statement. It's God's will that you are free from your fears. He does not want his children to be fearful, does not want his children to be afraid, does not want them to be defeated as they witness for him. You know, in Mark uh, 4, 35 to 41, Jesus commanded the wind and the sea, the waves to be still, and they did. But you know something? Think of what he said when he turned to the disciples. 
Do you know what he said? Why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? I wonder in the storms of life when we're calling upon the Lord and we're like that uh, banner I used to, to, to talk about. It was in an orange parade one day where this girl's on a rock. There's a cross on the rock and she's hanging onto the cross for dear life. That's not God's will for God's people because God is holding on to us. We don't need to hold on to him. He is holding on to us. And as God's saying to someone this morning, why are you so fearful? You believe in my sovereignty. Well, then why are you so fearful? When you look about the world, when you're afraid to quote the Bible in case you offend something, why are you so fearful? We, 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 church worldwide, we, we've come to the stage where we're afraid to offend anyone. And we're afraid to, to say things that when we see them, they concern us. We know, for, for, for example, that there's a movement for a one-world church and a one-world religion. And it was only two years ago that the leaders of what they call the main religions all met in Rome. And they're coming to an agreement and they've appointed people to look at our beliefs and see where we can come together. I think it's in Dubai, there's been three temples built, a mosque, a, a, a church, a, and a synagogue. And so people can go in there and they can worship and they can respect each other. That in itself is okay, but it's what's going on behind it concerns us all. But why are we afraid to say that? Because we're going to offend someone. We're going to put someone off. Why are you so fearful? We need to be sure that we really want to be free from our fears. Because unbelievably, there are some people who, want, who don't want, sorry, to be free from their fears. Free from their ill health. I told you about Pastor Mark God before. And in his church, there was an altar call and people were called forward to pray. Or to be prayed for, sorry. And Mark walked up to this gentleman and he, as he laid his hands on him, Mark said, are you here for healing? Or he said, no, 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 don't, I don't want you to pray for healing. There's something wrong with his leg. And Mark said, what's wrong? And he says, I don't want to lose my DLA. There's the other story about the man. He came forward and asked the minister to pray for his hearing. And so the minister went closer to him. Are you losing your, your hearing? He says, no, no, my hearing in court next week. So... <laughs> At least he came forward for prayer. Amen. We want to hold on to it. Some people, believe it or not, because they've allowed fear to grip them, they're comfortable in their fear. They're comfortable in their ill health. It gives them an escape from reality. It gives them an escape from the responsibilities of life. But think of the question Jesus asked in John 5 and 6. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been nigh a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? In other words, do you want to be healed? And you see, we sit in church, and I'm speaking worldwide Christianity and churches that I've been in, uh, it's no different. And there's people sitting there and they're ill, and there's an altar call and they won't come forward. I don't want to walk to the front. I've been there a couple of times. I don't want to go down to the front. I don't want everybody to know what's wrong. And, you know, there's several other reasons. And if you're sitting in pain, but won't come forward for prayer, then Jesus is saying, 
wilt thou be made whole? See, the Lord will deliver those who are willing to be delivered. So make an honest admission and deal with your fear. You've got to admit it's there. We said the other week there are problems shared as a problem halved. And we need to share with the Lord and with a trustworthy friend. But most of all, we need to share with God. We can't hide from our fears. Otherwise, we'll end up fearing our fears. So church, trust God to banish your fear this morning. Wherever you are in life, whatever's facing you tomorrow, trust God to banish your fears. Remember, we read this at the start. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Take them to the mercy seat this morning and leave them there. Don't take them home with you. Find release this morning in the presence of the Lord. Fear and doubt, they flee in the presence of the Lord. The psalmist said in Psalm 23 and 4, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. As I heard the prophet, he said, prophesy and said, fear not, I am with you. When the disciples thought they had seen a ghost as Jesus walked toward them, he said, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. We quoted this morning, in his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. There's encouragement, church, in the word of God. We can encourage ourselves when we quote the word of God. Hebrews 13 and 5, For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We know to verse 6, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That's why Paul told the Colossian church, let the word of Christ dwell in you. His word can remind us, reassure us, rebuild our faith, and restore our peace. Finally, do you know something which beats fear? Praise and worship. Praise and worship. Praise brings release. It breaks the bonds that bind us. Let me read for you the word of God. Isaiah 12. In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thy comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. And therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord. Call upon his name, declare his doings amongst the people, make mention that his name is exalted, sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things, and this is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Fear can be our enemy, but not when we abandon ourselves to the Lord. You know that cartoon character, Charlie Brown? There's a famous quote from it, and which shouldn't be like it. It says, the secret of life is to replace one worry with another. That's not life. The secret of life is to trust the Lord, because Jesus said he would take care of us. Matthew eleven twenty eight, very well known. Come on to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Psalm 56 and 3, wherever I am afraid, whenever I am afraid, sorry, I will trust in you. Will you trust the Lord this morning? Will you turn to him and just say, Lord, no matter what happens tomorrow, no matter where I have to go tomorrow, 
No matter who I have to talk to tomorrow, no matter what situation I have to face tomorrow, I will face it in the name of the Lord, for greater is he that is in me than that which is in the world. I will look my Goliath in the face and say, I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, in the name of the Lord God. Come on, church. We have the victory this morning. Let's stand. Let's worship his name as Peter leads us in our worship.